Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank. Today I'm joined by Lucas from Wondersoul. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Of course, we're happy to have you guys, have you on. Uh, before we get started, can you explain your podcast? And you're also a streamer. Can you explain what you play there? Kind of give us a breakdown of the Wondersoul brand. Uh, yeah, man, for sure. Um, so Wondersoul as a podcast has a variety of topics and uh, usually just deals with different passions and interests. Uh, lately. I've been having different guests on and actually been doing the podcast live on Twitch. And uh, Twitch, just like the podcast, is pretty much filled with variety. Uh, so lately, been playing some retro games, been playing some NCAA football um, and uh, some Pokemon Fire Red, just, just some different things. Um, but yeah, so we get into a lot of different topics, but definitely video games is at the heart of that. Anime. Uh, just pop culture in general and, and, and some, you know, at times relatable life uh, topics and conversations, man. Guys, make sure you swing over, especially that, that stream. I, I really enjoy how a lot of times when I hop over on your stream, I, I'm not even paying attention to the game because it's just these conversations that are going on <laughs> that are really nice. We, we joke around about it over here that it's second monitor entertainment. So you're like doing something, but you got Wondersoul on the side there and you're listening to what's going on. <laughs> it's, it's a good listen. Well, that's good. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> of Thank course, you. of course. Uh, today we're going to be covering top five retro replays. So these are old school games that uh, are fun to come back to and listen to again or play again. And um, it's hard because in my list, I tried to make sure to not use any games that are constantly being updated or have expansions or anything like that. Because uh, a game like World of Warcraft came out in 2004. I play it today. And it's because it's been constantly updated. Uh, Minecraft as well. It's 2009. Again, still play it today. Uh, is there any games like that that you have on your list or, you know, that you are still playing that's uh, been updated the whole time? Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, when it comes to like those kind of games, there's there's just like a handful now because it seems like the the way of gaming is flood players with content. Uh, allow uh, gamers to play these games for as long as possible. You got DLC expansions online. Uh, so it's, it's actually really rare that you come across a game that you don't have some kind of, uh, re replay value, whether it's, um, through online, uh, multiplayer type stuff, either with friends or just, uh, you know, through esports type, uh, you know, genres. And so yeah. like, like right now, um, I'm not really playing. I think uh, anything that would be in that category, but there there are so many games. Like I know a lot of people have been enjoying GTA for years, you know, especially with the online. Uh, you, you'll hear people talk about the other Grand Theft Autos. Um, you know, if it's got a really good story, you got things like The Witcher. You know, um, I would even throw Breath of the Wild in there. I feel like there's a lot of games right now that in the future, if you were to do this episode that uh there's gonna be more games that we are currently um uh playing or that are or that have been released recently that it would be in that list um back then though th there's like uh you know there's a handful of requirements that i feel like really allowed them to stand the test of time and and always give you that itch to go back and play them again you know so yeah. what about you man uh yeah 
that that's a good way to bring it up is is the requirements to bring you back and and something that like reminds you a couple uh to me that that really stand out is you know gameplay loop is it something that you could repeat often uh the other thing is soundtrack some of these games actually all the games on my list have a soundtrack that as soon as i hear it it just takes me right back to as a kid in my bedroom with my game boy or something like that oh yeah uh, that that when you return to it just it sinks you right back in your childhood and that's why you, you want to you know go back and play it again um is there any like soundtracks you could think of from old games that really strike you oh man how much time do you got uh right <laughs> i i mean that i think that like when when we're thinking about like older games and that that complete package you know standard like once a game was released it was out there. There were no bug fixes, updates, any changes. So you grew really attached to the music, the looks, the the game modes, the story, everything about that game because that was all that there was, you know, until they made a sequel. Um, so as far as soundtrack, man, it, it really comes down to just classic sound effects. Like there's a lot of retro type games that um when you hear like the you know in mario or sonic or things like that where when you hear certain sound effects and in certain uh soundtracks you're just like dude yes this is my childhood uh you can recognize it no matter where you hear it from um so yeah but but soundtracks man that's there i would throw in a lot of like classic nintendo a lot of rpgs over time mm-hmm. because it's those games that you spend a lot of time in um there's even um oh dude if we're going to go into soundtracks if you want to consider <laughs> this uh sports games i feel like have had over the years some amazing soundtracks and in and, and by sports i i throw in things like you know need for speed you know burnout uh yeah, i, I burnout, even play yeah. dude sometimes you will play a game like uh like uh burnout and there's going to be artists and songs on there that you would have never discovered it was it wasn't like it is today with spotify youtube and stuff like that you'll you'll discover your next favorite band or artist just by playing a game and uh they'll stick with you like tony hart uh tony hart tony hawk pro skater right like there's just some games that like that was almost like part of the package was that they were going to have an amazing uh soundtrack and yeah there's a there's a ton of games that have just really nice, beautiful, unique OSTs, like original soundtracks. Um, but the ones that really stand out to me are those sports games, like the Madden, the NBA 2Ks, uh, you know, and, and the Need for a lot of the EA games, like in the early 2000s, really stand out to me. But uh, what about you? Yeah. Uh, you had a really good point with the Tony Hawk one. Matter of fact, they, they announced that they're bringing out the remaster of Pro Skater 1 and 2. I'm excited oh, for man. those. And so one day they announced it. The next day on Spotify, they released the play or the um, soundtrack for both games. No, combined game. Yeah, and it's it's like maybe five bands that weren't in the original games are coming back. Uh, and so, like the first song, as soon as it goes off, I'm just like, oh yeah, I know where I'm at. I'm playing on graffiti. <laughs> I'm skating on the top of that helicopter. I mean, it's just you know, it sinks right in. It's iconic, um, man. It sticks yeah, with you. Good. And then I was just watching a documentary on uh, on it's weird, but on Super Mario <laughs> Brothers three, and uh, there was one guy that did the soundtrack for that and for the original Mario Brothers and everything. And to watch him work, it was just like 
uh, two computer, little computers and a synthesizer. And to think that that guy created some of the most iconic music in the game. And, and then of course, you know, the coin sounds and stuff like that, that all came from him. And, uh, and just to see that little setup and it's like the Mario music is, I mean, every country has to be familiar with that music. Oh, dude, I wouldn't doubt, man. And you know what? Like, I think you brought up a really cool point, man. Like, especially early on to see what they were working with, to yeah. be able to develop and create like iconic sounds and, and, and themes. Like these are the themes. Like when you when you mention certain characters like Mario, you don't just see that character. You hear, you know, those levels as you're sitting there playing them on your couch Saturday morning or whenever. Uh, and, and it definitely it provided the atmosphere and the mood for these games, you know, whether it was an intense action moment or just yeah. like a really, you know, like a, a lot of like the Final Fantasy games have a really soothing soundtrack a lot of the times, so especially in games where you're, you're doing a lot of traveling and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, excellent mood setters. And just the fact that they did a lot of that with like the technology that they had then um, and, the, and the fact that they even went out of their way to make sure that that was, you know, um, to that high standard, you know, it's really mind blowing now, uh, given that what you say, this dude had a couple computers, couple things like, and, and, and basically crafted at a, probably a handful of actual sounds that he could use. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's just crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think at some point you may have to get back together and do top five soundtracks. <laughs> oh, please, please. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's go ahead and get into this one. Then uh, we're going to go uh, top five retro uh, replays. I'll kick us off. So my first one is going to be Advance Wars for the Game Boy Advance. Are you familiar with that game at all? Ooh, man, that's that's a really good pick, man. Yes, I am definitely uh, familiar with Advance Wars. Uh, I I completely forgot about that for this list. Go on, man. Go yeah. on. Came out in two thousand one, and then with the, it had a sequel on GBA as well, and then one on DS. Uh, it was as close to an RTS as you could expect out of the Game Boy Advance. Uh, and it had different factions that felt very unique. And, uh, you know, this is one of the best examples of a soundtrack uh, bringing you right back because I could hear it in my head right now as I talk about it. Um, but, yeah, it had these different countries and each country had a couple different generals uh, and each general had different play styles. So, like, well, this guy was really good with uh, fighter jets and this one was good for shipped and whatever. Um, and, yeah, it was just an RTS where you're all at war. Uh, but it created these characters and this kind of like light story and stuff like that to where when the sequel came out and then there was this this big bad that all the armies were teaming up for, it actually felt like a true sequel. Like, oh, we are stepping up to the next level. The Avengers are uniting kind of thing like that. <laughs> uh, and so this game, I, 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 I play it again. I play it often nowadays. Uh, Wargroove is the closest thing on Switch if you guys want to give it a try. Wargroove kind of basically mimicked this entire game. But you guys can get out there and play uh, different versions of this game uh, still. Uh, it's really a lot of fun. Uh, the one problem I will tell you guys if you're going to go out and check it out is it forces you to do the tutorial, which, you know, once you've already played it once, you're like, okay, I've done all this. But <laughs> this game you can sink hours into uh, onto one match sometimes. And it has a really cool feature where you're able to pass the Game Boy back and forward. So you could do your turn, pass to your friend, they could do their turn. Uh, it's like chess on steroids. That's that's one of the big things that kind of got us into it, me and all my friends. But uh, every so often I'll go back to it and I'll just play a couple maps and just man, it's that music. It's 
watching the little sprites move up and down. You know? uh, <laughs> it's a classic game. So I, that's that's my number five right there. Yo, bravo. Way to kick off the list, man. I, I, I would say that I, I kind of made like honorable mentions in case like I did too. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of mine would have been Fire Emblem, which is kind of like nice. to me, like the medieval fantasy type uh, of Advanced Wars. But yo, those are those are do you know why they don't make those anymore? Like when was the last time we did know. have an Advanced Wars? I'm not like I'm not sure that I, I'm surprised it's not a Smash Brothers character too. I'm like Oh my gosh. You could have Andy from Smash Brothers like come in and like he he does repairing or whatever and he could like sit there and repair like everybody's health or some stuff or whatever. I don't yeah. Know. That's, it just seems like yeah. such a good opportunity. My next one as well is like, why is Nintendo not making more of this? I mean, uh, really, guys, we need to we need to get a campaign out there. We need Advance Wars back on the Switch, whether it's remaster or a complete new game. That would be fantastic, man. If they could straight up port the original, I would be very happy. Oh, dude, please, cool. please. It's Nintendo. like super small too. <laughs> um. Well, dude. Uh, I, I do have something similar to that on this list, but for my number five, um, which is going to be interesting because honestly, when I put this on my list, I have to be honest, I haven't fully completed it, but man, if if this says anything, it's a game that you'll, you'll pick up, you'll play. If you put it down, you, you feel like you have to go back and play it. Then you'll be like, oh man, I forgot what I was doing. Okay, start mm-hmm. over. Okay, start over. And you might do this, repeat the cycle. And this is more of a series, but if I had to pick a retro, uh, you know, type, it was going to be Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Uh, almost on my list. Almost. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people are really familiar with Skyrim and just Elder Scrolls in general. I know ESO is pretty popular, um, but I was actually streaming Oblivion not too long ago and was really, for the first time, really getting you know into it like really deep into it uh but as a as a series elder scrolls i feel like does what a lot of people hope and pray from an rpg so hear me out it's got a great story uh the world is fun to explore i think that when you have um replay value one of the things that you have to mention is uh especially open world type games like that world has to be either beautiful to look at um have characters and feel alive and, and have these uh certain quests and things that make you want to journey out there and and, and uncover all the mysteries and, and and just really check it all out so you know playing oblivion recently allowed me to like compare it to skyrim um but i know a lot of people kind of <laughs> kind of laugh at oblivion now about certain things like it can be a little little buggy there's there's some character animations and things like that that are kind of laughable but it's all for fun but for that time this game came out in 2006 uh i think it was one of the first real examples of freedom as an rpg like the freedom to create and and customize your character you can go through this game as uh this class this race and and you can role play like get into the role play uh, aspect of an RPG and and be a certain kind of character. You're maybe you're a good, nice, heroic character. Maybe you're a, a thief. You know, you know. It, it just allowed you to play it play it at your own pace, however you know, however you wanted to. 
And, um, you know, I know Skyrim is fun. It's been remastered. It's actually like available on the Switch and, and pretty much any recent platform or console. But I really hope that people go back and, and don't, you know, overlook Oblivion just because it's a little bit older. I think for the time, it still holds up and it has a lot that people, I feel, would enjoy, especially when it comes to the freedom, the story, the quests, the characters. And just the world in general is very beautiful to explore. So that's my number five. Dude, you you nailed it right on the head, man. That is such a fantastic game. Voice acting's top notch. Story's excellent. Uh, it was it was my introductory into the big RPG world. Uh, it actually was a launch title for the Xbox 360. So that kind of like showcased the power of the 360 at the time. It's like, mm. oh my god, look, this whole world is so big. Um, the expansions too. Have you played the expansions for Oblivion? Yes. Uh, well, I was actually getting into them because uh, I have Oblivion now and I, I was streaming it and then I stopped. I got into some other stuff. So I have every means uh, to continue that playthrough. But uh, for the first time ever, I just stumbled upon the DLC. I did not even know uh, <laughs> like yeah. where to go or anything. I just saw like I was looking at my quest log and I was like, oh, go to this island. So I went there and then, dude, I, I mean... I know it's kind of weird to say no spoilers for something that's a little bit older, but it's yeah. definitely so fun to go through these games like Oblivion uh, blind because it really just takes you on an adventure. And uh, the DLC, a lot of people who have played the game, um, especially when I was streaming it, were coming in and saying just how fun it was and how much they enjoyed it. So I haven't got to you know beat it or complete those DLCs, but I've heard a lot of good things. Yeah, they are fantastic. There are two of them. Uh, the first one is the best one, The Shimmering Isles, though. Oh. Uh, the second one is very good. But this, this, the fir that first one's storyline is something I haven't seen in fantasy before. And to do that is so hard to try to like <laughs> reinvent fantasy, but they really nailed it. Uh, excellent choice. Uh, one last thing on this, Sky Oblivion. Are you familiar with what Sky Oblivion is? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. What is this? All right. You got to check them out on Twitter and start looking into them. They are a group of developers that are taking Oblivion and remastering it using Skyrim's engine, and it looks insanely good. What say what? Are you for real? Yes, for real. Yes, yeah, Sky Oblivion. You guys check them out. Uh, it is fantastic, dude. Like you'll see, like it, it's Oblivion. It's Oblivion, but <laughs> just like this armor with some detail you never thought you'd see in Oblivion and stuff like that, and. Uh, it's it's fantastic. So I I've I've already kind of got funding them on Patreon. Just like come on guys, finish this up. Can't wait to dig back into because that's oh man. Talk about a game I've replayed. I've actually replayed that one more than I have Skyrim. I just I, I think you're right. Oblivion's the best one. Nice dude. I'm gonna definitely check that out. Yeah. All right. My number four is Kirby's Adventure for the NES. Ooh. It came out March 23rd in 1993, and it, it's one of the games that used the uh, newer. MMC3 chip. So what this was, was uh, the NES had a long lifespan. And the reason that happened is because about halfway through its lifespan, they decided, well, first off, they did it twice. The first time they they made these like discs that you could plug into the side of your, your NES. It was like this external drive because they needed to be able to fit bigger games. Uh, that was okay, but kind of flopped. And it was basically just in Japan. And then they decided like, oh, we know how to upgrade the actual cartridge themselves. They became cheaper to make. And they added this uh, MMC3 chip that made it to where they can do better graphics and like that. That's why, like, um, if you look at, like, Mario 1 and 2 compared to Mario 3, Mario 3 is so much better. 
Well, this was one of the early games to use the new MMC3 chip. So it was colorful, bright. It had mini games. It had an overworld to where like an overworld, for example, is uh, you're in this area where you choose what level you go to. You go through that level and then you come back to the overworld. That kind of thing could be done on the first uh, cartridges. Uh, it was very fast paced. Uh, again, it had the mini games and stuff like that. So it was this huge game that mostly went unnoticed. And uh, it's funny because I think it's something that could be taken and used today very quickly. Uh, I feel like it's, if you're familiar with Ori and the Blind Forest or those kind of games. Are you familiar oh, yeah. with that one? Oh, yeah. It's like that. Those fast paced platformers. It, it's tailor-made for that. You would take abilities and then you could like combine a bit. Well, this one you could have combined abilities, but in a later one uh, you can. Um, and it's it was just an excellent platformer. And the speed was so important because they actually made the sequels they made for this game. They slowed the game down a lot. And then into today where Kirby's doesn't even, it's not even recognizable. Um, but the original version of the game, you had to kind of go quick because Kirby wasn't as floaty. Like I know that's crazy to think Kirby not floaty. <laughs> But the floaty thing was just an extra ability. It wasn't like hinging on him. So his actual jump was quick and you're like trying to slide through obstacles and stuff like that. Uh, I think that Nintendo needs to take Kirby and make the make him their um, platformer, their indie game kind of guy. So uh, your Ori is like Microsoft has Ori. Do the exact same thing. Use Kirby for it. I would be a big fan. Uh, it It really showed off what the power of the NES was at the time as well. So. That and again, soundtrack, <laughs> really good soundtrack. Uh, but that's my number four there. Yo, nice. I dude, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest, and I hope nobody throws tomatoes at me. Okay, but uh, I haven't ever really gotten into a Kirby standalone game. Now, if you want to play me on Smash, I'm a Kirby main. Okay, like dude, I've yeah. al- I've always enjoyed Kirby and Smash because the guy is so hard to kill. Sometimes you know he has that, mm-hmm. like you said, he's so floaty. Um. But, uh, dude, that sounds really cool. And I, and I was going to ask you real quick, like, do you think that Kirby gets the same kind of respect and love as some of the other main Nintendo franchises? And, and, and I think that that whole idea of going in an indie direction is perfect, man. So Especially hopefully for the Nintendo Switch. For the sure. Switch is tailor-made for indies. Indies are flying off the shelves. shelves and it's like, you guys are leaving t- money on the table there, Nintendo. You guys have a system people are going to because of the indies, and yet you're not making any of them. Like, right? You're Nintendo. <laughs> Come on yeah. now. I can't suggest it enough. If you have the NES, and if you have, um, I want to say it's on that Nintendo package thing. I think you played on that. Actually, I'm pretty sure it is. It was a launch one for that. Uh, uh, where you pay the twenty bucks a month. It's it's totally worth a try. Yo, definitely will do that, man. Um, well, my number four um is uh from a galaxy far, far away. Um. Uh-oh. Yes, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, 2005. Nice. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, yes, we know EA has made uh, some recent Star Wars Battlefront games. And, yes, mm-hmm. we know that uh, they go by the same name. But don't get it confused, guys. This is the Star Wars Battlefront 2. When this came out in 2005, um, so early 2000s Star Wars, where are we at? I think prequels are coming out. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a early, uh, preteen. I'm, I'm really into Star Wars at this moment. And, uh, you get these games, like, first of all, the first Battlefront was crazy cool, but yeah. Battlefront two, um, why does it stand out? I, I look galactic conquest. That's where the replay comes into the, mm-hmm. the just playing, uh, I think this one was able to play online. 
but yeah, Galactic Conquest gave you this really nice strategy board game type vibe where you would be able to um, basically conquer the galaxy, either as the Rebels or the Empire or um, I guess the Galactic Republic or or, or the uh, uh, is it the Trade Federation or at the time like yeah, the, yeah. like the droids and stuff if you're right? It's a droid, yeah. Yeah, so it it was uh, you know focused on all of the uh sagas at that time so you had the prequels and then you also had like the original trilogy and i remember playing galactic conquest over and over again and at first it seems pretty easy but the thing about it was it was actually a lot deeper than that you had to manage your troops you could buy different power-ups and perks you had to move on the board in a very strategic and wise way and just the gameplay in itself. So when you're actually doing the battles in Battlefront, it was awesome, man. I mean, this is like on a scale at that time where this is Star Wars. Not only that, uh, you had heroes. So each um, each saga had its own select heroes, but you could run on the battlefield as a Jedi, as a Sith, with your lightsaber, or even I think... Uh, <laughs> I think Django Fett, some other, you know, type characters, mercenaries, Han Solo, you know, but you, it was just so much fun, man. And I think I never really played it online. I played it uh, with friends. I also definitely played against the computer a lot and yeah. um, it was just so much fun. That was like Star Wars on a, on a scale that I hadn't seen before and it wasn't really linear. Uh, uh, it was like just a grand scale star wars battles and i was craving something like that and uh it fully delivered so it's available on steam i know that um and uh if you haven't please check that out um i wasn't a huge fan of the most recent battlefronts by ea um dude they look amazing no lie but what we're what we're talking about here with replay value is fun like mm -hmm. if I, if I'm not having fun, it doesn't matter what it looks like. So with Star Wars Battlefront 2, if you are a fan of Star Wars and you haven't had the ability, the 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 time or didn't even know about this, please check out Star Wars Battlefront 2 and I, and and you're going to have a ball. So that's my number 4. It's so cheap on Steam too, guys. It's like 4 bucks sometimes. Uh totally worth playing. Now, okay, so that game I can think back to certain moments. It's one of those games where like stories are being made as you're playing it. You're like, <laughs> oh man, I remember this one time where blank. Uh, do you have any of those moments rattling around right now? Oh man, uh, no, uh, not like specifically, but I can totally relate to that, man. Especially when you're playing Galactic Conquest. Uh, yes, you, yeah. You, you just kind of go into your own story. You're, 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 you're making your moves and you're thinking in your head like, all right. Let's take over Naboo, okay? And then you'll sometimes you'll lose, man. But it it, it it's like its own campaign that mm -hmm. you can play over and over and over again and have these different moments, these different uh, failures and achievements, man. Where yeah, we were doing really good, and then oh, we lost that. Sp yeah, dude, space battles, guys. Like space battles are in this. You you'll be um, trying to take over this, say Hoth. And you'll have to battle in space. And then you go down to the surface of that planet. So there's like two different sides of the combat. And yeah, dude, it's like crafting your own Star Wars story 
from uh, like a battle uh, strategic perspective. And so, yeah, dude, I'm sure I had a bunch of moments where I was just like playing it out in my head, man. But yeah. uh, nothing, nothing really pops up right now. But if I ever so think crazy. of it, I'll hit you up. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those games where it's like, oh, uh, you know, because it shows like 200 on 200. And then as it's dwindling down, if your side starts to lose <laughs> and then you're like the last three versus like, you know, 40 of theirs, you're like, I can do this. I just need to focus. And it's, you know, it makes these stories in your own uh, as you're playing. You know, the, the story comes to you. It's just. so Oh, cool. yeah. And you can be like a one man army. Like you can yeah. literally go in there and kick ass, man, as just like a regular soldier. But uh, so I, I like that. Some people go, ah, it's a little easy. I like games that make me feel like a badass. So especially yeah. in something like Star Wars, if I can run out on the battlefield and start taking over points and, and you know, yeah, it's cool to have my buddies back me up. But hey, don't worry, I got this. I'm going to get point A, B. So, yeah, dude, it's just it's so fun. Split screen really good on that, too. It's one of those things where when you're playing with your friend, you know, especially you know, on the opposite side, it's how you should do it. Uh, then all of a sudden you just you happen to see Darth Maul across the battlefield. And like, <laughs> that's Jeremy or whatever, and you go for the dive. <laughs> that's that's a good one, man. That's classic. All right, my number three is I had this one is like really tough one. Uh, the Simpsons arcade. Oh now, wow! Okay. This one was competing against the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade, which was basically this was a spiritual uh, sequel to that one. Uh, so this one came out in 1991 on the arcades, and then it followed up on the Commodore 64 and MS-DOS. Uh, this was from Konami, and uh, they took the success of TMNT from 89 and uh, basically used everything except for the assets and just made this new game. Uh, you got to play as Marge, Homer, uh, Lisa, or uh, Bart. Uh, and surprisingly, Lisa's the best one, in my opinion. She's got the jump rope. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I think it had like maybe... It has to be more than four maps, but all I can remember is four maps. I recently just beat it during a video. Um, and it's it's just a classic arcade game. And uh, to this day, it's one of those things where if I'm going through, like, there's a lot of these retro arcades it's kind of becoming a thing right now. If I see it, I'm just like, all right, hold on. I got to donate some quarters to, to the <laughs> arcade gods and uh, and get that in there. It's a really good game, guys. Uh, and uh, TMNT is real close with this one. I'm just giving it to Simpsons because I can remember so well uh, the bosses. Each of the bosses fit into Springfield really well. And they had a shout out to Samurai Showdown. Uh, yeah, Samurai Showdown, I think it is. Uh, in, in the third world, which is really cool. They had the same sound effects, and all that, which is a Konami game. So it was just like, man, this is like this bigger world that they're building. Uh, it was really cool. And the whole time you're fighting Burns, the one argument or the one problem is by the time you get to the end, you're fighting through all these big, you know, boss dudes. The last boss is, is Mr. Burns in a suit. And it was just like, this frail ass dude, are you serious? <laughs> Even the suit looked janky. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> it was it was a really good game. It's, it's uh, To me, it's like quintessential arcade, except for the one I'm going to be saying later on is also that. But yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's, dude, that's so awesome, man. Like when I think of Simpson video games, I think of like that time though, like arcade, Sega, you know, Super Nintendo. Like there was so many, they were pumping out Simpson games left and right man there was what was that bart one wasn't there one that was like centered around bart uh there was one where he's time traveling yes yeah i don't know yes yeah it's yeah, like man. on the great wall of china at one point and... all over the place bro it was it was wacky those games can get yeah. pretty crazy man but yeah like when you're talking about like tmt uh and and just like i guess like what the side scroller beat-em-ups too as well like something like that like from the arcades and stuff dude like power rangers comes to mind uh yeah. the, the the what was the x-men one um oh 
shoot, I'm going to blank on the actual name, but yeah, you could pick like Cyclops, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, yeah. and some of them, like some of those. I had uh, that on the Genesis, I think, if I can remember ooh, correctly. So fun, man. Um, mm-hmm. Well, my number three uh, is, uh, I tried to make this list as personal, uh, and, and I also tried to pick games that I thought that, and I think we both did the same thing, that just wasn't going to be like the standard you know, uh, re- retro replay lists, I guess. Um, but for me, number three is Warcraft three reign of chaos, 2002. Nice. I am just now getting into PC, I guess, quote unquote gaming. Um, mm. and there was a time, my only introduction to any kind of PC gaming was Warcraft three back in the early two thousands. I'd go over to my buddy's house. His dad was really into PC gaming, so he had all the all the games, man. But Warcraft 3, dude, has a fantastic campaign in story mode. Uh, that alone can provide replay value. But I had the most fun just setting up different scenarios and going against the AI. Um, and, and for an RTS... I think RTSs as a genre can provide this. Like every time you sit down to play this, yeah, you might do certain things in a certain order, but the outcome and the way that these events take place are more than likely going to be different each and every time. And I have always been attracted to those strategic games because, um, you know, there's just a, a this whole different kind of gameplay that uh, for me growing up more as a console player uh didn't really get to uh revel in those kind of games like you were mentioning earlier on your list advanced wars like those uh, that fire emblem and, and a handful of others maybe are the ones that if you had a console you got to play and enjoy but some of the best and i mean the best rts's uh fall on pc and that's like age of empires you know uh man there was even a a star wars one galactic battlegrounds i think it was called there's Mm -hmm. there's there's a handful out there but warcraft 3 um from this uh, from the opening uh you know video it it felt like i was watching a movie the the story the voice acting the character designs and and the sound effects as you're playing and doing stuff and commanding your troops and stuff was just dude so memorable and i was just a little upset when recently i wanted to pick up reign of chaos like specifically this version of the game and and you unfortunately really can't do that anymore and um so that breaks my heart a little bit but it won't you know diminish the amount of uh great times and memories i had playing this and I, I eventually did get a copy uh, and take it and upload it to our family computer and play it as often as I could. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, Warcraft three reign of chaos, 2002 um, from, from just playing the campaign alone has re- replay value and definitely just doing those different setups and scenarios and playing against the AI where you can either be, you know, free for all or team battles or, you know, what, what, what are you going to be? Are you going to be the humans, the orcs? You know, it was the possibilities, the combinations that provided this, like, well, let me, let me try this. I like these troops. So definitely one of my uh, favorite retro replays. 
That story is so damn good. I know, man. Uh, you know, when they came out of the Warcraft movie, of course, as a fanboy, I was there. But uh, <laughs> while you're watching it the whole time, you're just thinking, like, just be good enough to get some sequels so we can get Arthas involved. Please. And, uh, man, it's hard to explain to people who, like, think first off video games are just like, oh, you're just playing video games. No, man. Arthas' storyline is better than anything on AMC or HBO. Like, it's so good. And the whole time you're like rooting for him and then you're weeping for him. And uh, uh, the impact of Warcraft 3 on gaming alone, uh, it's where Dota was made, which now is the biggest esports in the world. And of course, the story is, is what leads into World of Warcraft. So it spawned World of Warcraft as well, the longest running MMO in the world. So uh, it's pretty insane. It's God, that, that story alone, guys. Uh, I remember when I first heard about it. So my, my first PC game was Starcraft. So I was I liked my Blizzard games, um, but I actually hadn't played this one before. And then I had a buddy that was camping with me and we we're sitting around the campfire and he starts telling me the story of Warcraft three, like just as if he was telling me a novel. And <laughs> we stayed up past midnight, him breaking down the siege of Lord Ron and all these different things. And I'm just like, oh, shit, man, <laughs> this is so great. Uh, yeah. It is, that is a really good choice, man. Your list, I swear, I could just, it could have been my list, to be honest with you. Oh, nice, nice. Now, hey, can I ask you something real quick while we're on the topic? Do, do you see anything like a Warcraft 4 or anything beyond World of Warcraft happening from Blizzard in any kind of near future? If Warcraft 3 Reforged worked super well, then yes, okay. it did not. And um, we're, we're all waiting for Starcraft, the next Starcraft, Starcraft 3. Um, Warcraft four would be really, okay. So I don't want to go too deep into, into right, it, right. but because I can, <laughs> um, <laughs> the next expansion of world of Warcraft is Shadowlands and we're all going to be basically in the afterlife. Uh, there's kinds of expe uh, speculations. Ian Hasakoff is the head, uh, the lead designer was saying that while we're gone, technically the world is advancing at a faster rate. So when we come back, it'll be like 10 years time jump. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, so it's going to be a really good opportunity to kind of refresh the world. The game has been out since 2004. They did refresh it once in like 2011 with Cataclysm, uh, but that was kind of not great. So mm. they could do it all again. Uh, that 10 years, though, people are speculating, like, if you're going to make a Warcraft 4, you put in that 10 years. While we were gone, so that way your character is not necessarily involved in Warcraft. Because everybody would be like, well, why can't I have my guy in there? I'm part of that world. So your guy's gone, and then it's like the events that happened back at home. That's perfect. Please, yeah. please say that happens, man. I hope that happens. They Keep me updated. Keep me updated so on that. Oh, you know I will. Anything <laughs> Blizzard for sure. Definitely will. Uh, okay, so my number two, we're returning to the arcade, guys. Uh, this game, I could I could go into it right now and play it. It is Capcom versus Marvel. Ooh. Favorite fighting game. Uh, it was, it started off as X-Men versus Street Fighter, and then it has evolved since then. That was in 96. Um, they, they keep releasing different kinds of versions. There is a version of it right now that came out in 2017. That's relatively new. Um, but man, that classic Capcom versus Marvel, uh, used to be able to pick, oh, I'm going to be Gambit. I'm going to be Mega Man. And you know, it was just fantastic. Uh, I, ha I actually, I never was able to beat the game because I just didn't bring enough quarters of the arcade ever. And, uh, but then I was working at, at a, a dish network, you know, you guys are probably from a dish network. And uh, I was sitting there and, and I had access to our shared drive. And I was like, oh, look, I could put emulators on the shared drive. <laughs> and so everybody in Dispatch were play was playing Capcom versus Marvel. And had a I finally had a chance to beat it. That game gets thick. It's real big at the end. Um, 
It's a fantastic game. It was very, very, very fight tiding because, of course, uh, uh, fighting because they use the Street Fighters as a lot of the engine. Uh, so it, it was very tight fighting. The um, the uh, sprites and everything like that were reused countless times, not only in those games, but for the other X-Men games. Uh, the Wolverine's the one I'm, I'm picturing the most because they use that sprite like crazy. Because uh, at the time, this is this came out in, with a 90s X-Men cartoon. Oh, yes. A classic, right? Uh, so everybody just wanted more of them. And if you're watching the 90s cartoon, then you have to get some more Wolverine. Uh, and it had the Cyclops and everything like that from the show as well. They used all the same art style from the show into this. Uh, it was a really good game. And man, it's just, it's my only fighter game. Well, I mean, Smash Brothers, it's hard to say Smash Brothers isn't on there too. But this is like when I think of like classics fighting game, this is my favorite one for sure. Yo, that's an excellent pick. And for some reason, the fighting genre is something that I, I I didn't even consider. But like those games hold a ton, a ton of replay value. And it doesn't yeah. they age really well too. I think actually uh a lot of the classic fighting games are in a lot of ways, gameplay wise and just mechanics and just just the the style and vibe of it in 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 general, like you're talking about the sprites and just movement stuff like that, is better than some modern day fighters, honestly. Um, yeah. So good pick, man. Um, man, for my number two though, uh, the my top two are are really personal. So they, I don't know how how much these are going to be on anybody else's list, but for me, number two is Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Um, put those on there. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, technically, uh, it, it would be fair to say, like Fire Red and Leaf Green, because they're 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 technically the remasters. But mm -hmm. I would say that the original Pokemon, the original, um, if you grew up in the '90s, regardless of when you grew up now, honestly, because Pokemon is still huge. But these games, the original games that came out uh, on the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance even, because that's where Fire Red and stuff came out, um, they hold such a special place in my video game fandom because uh, even though Pokemon, to a lot of people, um, is multiple things, could be the anime, could be the trading card game, but I think for a lot of people, it was these video games. And for a kid going into this world of Pokemon, uh, catching and capturing, well, pretty much the same thing, right? But <laughs> yeah. uh, catching these Pokemon, being able to nickname them, being able to customize them and make your own teams, uh, go about the world really in your own way, in your own pace, um, man. It's one of those games that you really can play one time, beat it, and you have these six starters, and then you go, you know what? Let's, let's try it this time with only water Pokemon or only fire. So you could always find ways to switch it up and have different Pokemon. And the whole thing, especially in the originals, before, to me personally, it got kind of overwhelming. Like when it was just 150 Pokemon, okay, that's I can manage that. Now, now god knows how many pokemon are out there um <laughs> it, it, and i i think that just the original pokemon from uh red and blue just had a really cool design um and they just are they stand out more and then obviously yellow you got to walk around with pikachu so if you're a fan of the anime pokemon yellow is the way to go now fire red and leaf green give you this like fresh coat of paint 
Um, I think there are some gameplay mechanics that are adjusted, um, which is it's nicer. It's almost, uh, I would say, um, easier to access for newer Pokemon fans or gamers. Uh, mm-hmm. But look, if you are a kid from the 90s or if you played these uh, during their, their prime, they are still so much fun to play. It's a nostalgic hit like none other. Plus, I've been introduced from a, a lot of other uh, streamers, content creators, uh, this this unique way of playing Pokemon, which is a Nuzlocke, which is if you want to increase the difficulty, uh, here's the way to do it. It's like these self-imposed rules. Uh, you have to nickname your Pokemon so you you know grow more attached to them. Uh, if any of your Pokemon faint, well, it's it's done. It's like permadeath. You got to mm-hmm. put them in the computer. So there's that that level of anxiety, like when you're playing Fire Emblem or, or or a game where you you know, oh my gosh, if I lose this character, I've grown attached to this Pokemon. This is like a critical you know member of my team. So everything you do has just an added you know importance. Plus, um, there's you can only catch the first Pokemon on each route. And if you don't catch it, well, you're, you're just out of luck. So I think that people, fans of the originals, and, and you can do this with all of them, really. But for me, Gen 1 and even 2 hold a special place in my heart. And I've always found myself, in some way or another, through different spans of time, going, you know what? I feel like playing a Pokemon game. And, and for me, my favorites are always going to be Red, blue, yellow. Uh, you could throw in heart, uh, not heart gold, but yeah, heart gold, soul silver, which is, you know, gold and silver, Gen 2. Yeah. Um, but man, they, they're just so much fun. And they'll bring you back to a time where, wow, this was on the Game Boy? You know, and the, the freedom. I, I'm telling you, one of the best things about replay value is giving the, the gamer, the, the player, freedom to customize, to explore the world at their own pace. And for uh, a kid, there's a lot of things in Pokemon where I was like, dude, how did we figure this out? But I, I forget like how much of a phenomenon this was. And without the internet, you know, like it is in the 90s, you know, it was so fun to talk to friends, to trade Pokemon via link cable. So you could either evolve oh, yeah. <laughs> them or, you know, just to, just you wanted to either collect them all or you had your favorites and you're like, oh, you caught you know, an, an Alakazam or this or that, you know, so it, it was uh, in its own way, a single player game or RPG, but it encouraged you. And I think we still see that today with Pokemon, Pokemon Go, uh, you know, and, and where it's at now as a franchise, it's always encouraged players to reach out to other uh, Pokemon trainers, dare I say to interact, uh, to to play against each other, to battle each other, and to trade. So, yeah, always always going to have a, a soft spot for Pokemon. And I always feel like no matter what, it's always a fun uh, game to go back and replay. So that's my number two. You nailed it with your number two, man. You nailed it. So uh, it, it's hard to explain to the – maybe the kids nowadays feel this, but but I think it might be something that's more relatable to us 90s guys – is how attached you used to get to your Pokemon. Oh, yes. Dude, if, if for some, like, it's it's unreal. Like, I mean, I remember, God, Pokemon Yellow, I would just be throwing batteries out left and right. They, right, they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't stand a chance in my Game Boy. 
uh, you know, like going to school with only two hours of sleep because you were playing it all night. Uh, <laughs> the original ones, those cables. Oh, yeah, dude. Trading Pokemon back and forth. Uh, and and you got really attached to them. So much so that I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember No Name or No Number? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the glitched, weird, unknown type Pokemon thing at the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was weird. Yeah, you, you go surfing and you'd get this Pokemon. And if you had rare candies at a certain slot or whatever, you can multiply rare candies and then level something up. But I, I remember like, oh, we got to try this out because, you know, it's the rumor of the recess, you know. <laughs> and uh, so you do this, but you're like, yeah, I got these rare candies. But I mean, I'm not going to use it on on my Charizard. That, that's my baby. I'll use it on this guy, you know, like because you were attached to the Charizard. Like right. he went through hard work. He deserves it better than that. Um, yeah, what a classic. And then for the Nuzlocke, great shout out for Nuzlocke. I've been I've been really needing to do this. Uh, I actually need to do it on an older because it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but you got to reset your Pokemon game to do it. So it's kind of so I got to find a game I want to do that with. Um, if you guys want to watch a video of somebody who made a, like a, a cartoon out of it, Jaden animation, she did, a uh, her Nuzlocke and she made like an animation out of it, a little story oh, out of it. Oh, yeah. really good. Super good. Man, I'm so happy you brought that up. That is perfect, dude. I when when I was discovering Nuzlocke, I literally watched that and it captures, like it literally captures that story and experience all in that one video. So definitely good, good suggestion, man. Yeah. You guys got to check that out. It's good. Uh, okay, my number one. Okay, so a lot of these are personal and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, this next one is very personal. That that's number one. It is very personal, but it's also like the easy number one. So uh, don't I don't hear no hate on this one. It's Super Mario Brothers, the nineteen eighty five Super Mario Brothers. Uh, right. This this guy right. came out to it right. I mean, it has to be on my list. So it's September thirteenth in uh, nineteen eighty five, uh, developed by Nintendo, of course, by uh, Shigeru uh, Miyamoto. I've always been bad at his name. And uh, Takashi uh, Tezuka. So these guys are basically the fathers of Nintendo at this point. Uh, it came out originally on the Famicom, then the NES over here. So, uh, you know, the Famicom is the NES. Uh, it was eventually released on the arcade. And then as soon as they could start doing, like on the Wii, we were able to do download retro games. Came out on the Wii and the Switch and the Wii U. Uh, this game, oh, first off, a, a little side note I thought was interesting. A fact that I found out. When they put out the strategy guide for this game, it was the number one best-selling book in Japan that year. What? That's crazy. <laughs> yes. That's really it is, crazy. There's not a lot of strategy to the original Mario <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, just where's the hidden one-ups. But this game, man, I, I actually, it's so funny because I was like, okay, let me kind of go through my list. And, and I was watching that, that documentary I mentioned before about uh, Mario Brothers 3 that I was like, well, let me just play it. And I actually played it this morning and I was just like, God damn, this game is good. Uh, it's fast paced. It's quick. The music's awesome. Uh, when I, I had my nephews and nieces over uh, recently and I was like, come on guys, let me show you this game. They can play Fortnite like nothing. And yet they can't handle this game. It's something that it's like, it's almost like genetically ingrained in us now to where we know where to jump. We know where the one up is. I, I can't help but go right to level four, then right to level eight. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's such a fantastic game. It's so well built that it made an empire. Uh, with Nintendo and with Mario, one of the most recognizable characters worldwide, uh, it, it it made gaming in a lot of ways, you know, because we needed a mascot for the entire industry. And if we had to pick one person to represent the entire industry, it is Mario. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the classic 1985 Super Mario Brothers. Dude, dude, I mean... I can't do anything else but applaud you on that, man. I mean, that's like if you <laughs> if you're going to get anybody into gaming, that's definitely in that that, you know, starter kit 
for video gaming and um like that starter kit <laughs> yeah dude and, and and i i think that you have a really funny point though because those games i don't know if it was just like the way we played games back then but um yeah dude um, modern gamers i think have a harder time with certain platformers or certain styles of games that we are familiar with because really why you got so good at that was the the reputation like you were just mm -hmm. like uh, you know, you, you made a mistake and you had to adjust. You learned it. Okay, I got to jump earlier or, you know, I got to go through here. There's an enemy right here. It was going through those like er, those levels over and over and over again. So, man, that in itself shouts out replay. And it was just always fun. It's, it's one, one of the games that got me and so many others into video gaming. And, and saying myself too. Yeah, <laughs> bro. And then to see where that like you said that franchise that brand that company has gone i mean no wonder people were you know their minds were blown when super mario 64 came out and, and just to see where it is today a mario kart mario you know party mario everything it's it's wild dude so yo excellent pick man and and this is where i'm going to uh swerve off and take the exit on the interstate here because i i don't <laughs> i don't think this this is like you were saying, man, personal, this for me. Uh, and I don't know if it's recent. And if you were to ask me to make this list, you know, later, who knows or, or whatever. For me, one of my favorite games to replay, to go through, no matter what time, day, year is NCAA football. Okay. So wow, yeah, you're veering off pretty good right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm veering off now. I want I'm, I'm going to try to pitch this to why I feel like this is important. Now I I, I I'm a sports fan. Um, mm -hmm. I've become super familiar and and into college sports, and uh, I, I I you know I dig NFL, NBA, all these different you know uh, franchises and different you know sports and things like that but here here's the thing i i've noticed this recently i was like you know sports games have kind of fallen off here this generation more recently there was like a time uh where they were just popping out you know either it was ea or 2k and there was just so many types of uh, sports games you know and so here's the thing with ncaa football M one of my introductions to the sport of football it was this video game how i actually really learned what this sport was about and how to play it uh when i eventually did in high school was through playing this game ncaa football 2006 more specifically mm -hmm. um back in the day on the summer of uh 2006 playing with uh, one of my best friends we'd go back and forth playing it introduced uh, this race for the Heisman mode, which was like basically, hey, create your own character. Now go ball out. And so you almost had this create your own player RPG within this sports game. Not only did it have that, it had the dynasty, the dynasty modes where yeah. you could either create your team, create a team and, and put them in there, or you could just take over your favorite team. And, and the thing about, uh, the college aspect of football is like the recruiting, the building the team and trying to get players to come to your school to play for you. And there's this, like we, we talked about this connection and attachment to Pokemon and different things. You, you get attached to some of these players. And, yeah. and, and so like, for me, 
it was just um it, it's a it's a video game uh that it first of all no longer is being made uh they can't make it at the moment uh the last one was uh 2014 um so yeah we're still getting maddens and nba and wrestling games and baseball games and so to me there's there's that that nostalgia of like oh wow they don't even make this anymore there's a lot of games on this list that i have where in some way or another they 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 continued on they may not be direct uh sequels but there's spiritual successors in a way like we're talking about warcraft there's world of warcraft you know pokemon sword and shield the new star wars battlefronts skyrim and eso so for me this is this was just a special introduction to the world of uh you know college football which you know where i live um and, and growing up has just been such a huge thing so as much as i love catching pokemon and uh fighting orcs and going on galactic conquest and also you know <laughs> pretending to be uh you know n- name it in 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 uh, oblivion and elder scrolls and stuff like that uh you know there's an excitement uh from playing these sports games that really captured the atmosphere of what it was like to be at a uh at a at a football game so um that that's my number one because i feel like when, when we're talking yet again about replay value I, i'm having fun there's a lot of uh customizations that i can implement i can create mm-hmm. players jersey numbers different things like that there's not really a story but like we were talking about earlier you can create the story in your head you're the head coach of this school oh you got to do this you got to do that what are they you, you, you almost play in your mind between each game what are they saying on ESPN about my team? What's Stephen <laughs> A. Smith talking about and today? Oh, they're gonna they're gonna talk a bunch of smack this week. And and you you kind of build yourself up and, and create this 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 story. And um just it, I think another thing about it, and really one of the last things about it, is that the the other sports games, especially when we're talking about professional, they I don't think they age well because a lot of the a lot of the problems people have with like the say Madden, it's like, okay, you, you basically just do a roster update every year. And you ask right. me to bring 60 bucks <laughs> and buy <laughs> this new version of it with some minimal upgrades or tweaks and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I can tell you from experience that NCAA was always paving the way when it came to thinking like, how can we improve this uh, football simulation? Not only that, they weren't allowed to use player names. So you were always looking at wide receiver number two, quarterback number 12. It wasn't unless you knew at the time who was on that roster. So I think like it aged is better that way. And you can actually auto name the rosters and you can, you know, just customize and create it. You want to you want to be in the game. You want to be the quarterback for, you know, USC. Go ahead. You know, uh, do you want to name uh, your your wide receiver? You know, all might go for it. It's on you. Uh, so I, I, for that and, and the size, the size of the game, uh, you can you can make a dynasty and go 20 plus years and see what the future is <laughs> for that franchise and stuff. So, yeah, that's my number one, man. I know it's it's kind of different, but for sports games, I don't know where they really are now. A lot of things yeah. are, are really focused on online, ultimate team. Uh, you know, my player, a lot of microtransactions, and a lot of things like that. And it's upsetting, man, because we were talking about soundtracks earlier. All the college, uh, you know, band 
music that plays and and on 2006 ncaa football dude they had some of the most kick-ass music and bands like uh, like rock bands that i've ever heard and 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 their their songs just stick out and uh, i would have never heard those if i had not played that game and uh yeah so that's that's my number one man it was a good choice obviously personal now this is a 2k6 one right so it's the 2k ones uh, so no, yeah. Well, this is by EA. So it's, uh, this yeah, is by EA. Okay. yeah. It's, uh, NCAA football 2006, but, uh, yeah. I just, I went basically from 06 to 14 and the 14 yeah. was the last one. So, yeah. I mean, those are classics there. I, I grew up playing football games and, and stuff like that generally mattered, of course, but I mean, they're, they're just so good. They're, they are classics. There's a lot of people who don't understand, like they maybe they don't play football or something like that, or they're not familiar with it from, from this country or something like that. Uh, the how you're explaining that stories are being made uh something as simple as like oh i lost a certain team boom you just got a rival you know what i'm saying yes so, yes exactly that's gonna come back you're gonna be working your way back to to fighting that team and stuff like that uh it's 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 classic and then i now i'm not a big fan of college ball myself but i do see the appeal uh especially when you go into like how much trickier the budget is and how much you know you're you're constantly have this changing roster and stuff like that exactly. to a faster degree um it's it's a good choice if anybody hasn't given a, a a football game a shot maybe you're not a big football fan um check them out they're, they're more than than what you assume they're actually and then you can get go to a GameStop. you can pick up an old madden like whatever from five years ago for almost nothing because again they changed the numbers on the jersey so you got to make sure you get the new one <laughs> exactly uh and i always i always buy the five years ago i'm like i'm totally happy it's it's perfect um, they're really fun. They're a blast, and and there's a lot of uh, a lot of strategy that people don't think about involved in those games. That's a good choice. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. And and just one last thing about it. It's it it kind of mixes in the playing against your your buddies, your friends. I, yes. I I I did more of like handing over the the controller, you know, going against buddies, uh, than played it, you know, than playing against a computer. And so there's a lot of memories like. If you're a fan of fighting games, like playing against your 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 friends, you know, on on the couch, and you know, so there was always that, and uh, so I have a lot of uh, memories of epic moments and and letdowns from just playing with people I know. So yeah, yeah, same same. I'm at, with my little brothers. Oh yeah, <laughs> it would get heated. Uh, those are great. Uh, on a side note, do you do have you ever played the uh, the old Blitz games, NFL Blitz? Like Ooh. on the Dreamcast? Oh man, yes, dude. Yo, yo, Blitz in general uh, was just wacky, uh, yeah. crazy. I mean, there was like these NFL street games that came out around that PS2 mm-hmm. era and stuff like that. And those were fun. But the Blitz was just crazy fun. Very arcade-like. Uh, yeah. I, they did the Blitz League and that was like... I don't know. They tried to kind of get realistic and they're like almost like in a Mortal Kombat sense where it's like, yo, this is pretty gruesome, right? But if you play like like 2002, 2003 Blitz, the one that you could find in an arcade, now that yeah. that's dude, that's a lot of fun. That was like like football but faster. It was just it was oh, really yeah. quick and stuff like that. It was good. <laughs> uh great list, man. Honestly, I mean, thank you. I could I could have used it as my list to be honest with you. There's some really good choices there. Um, you too. So you guys too, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, you guys got to check out these games that we're talking about. A lot of them can be found uh, either through, you know, stores that are selling the retro games, or you can go to classic arcades. 
that's one thing that we should mention is there are a lot of arcades out there that are barely staying open because it's kind of a tough business. You, you make it a quarter at a time. Mm. See if you have any in your local area. Swing by, 20 bucks in your pocket. You get a whole afternoon of fun. Uh, support the local businesses. It's always important to do. Before we leave, can you give us another shout out where they can find your podcast, your Twitch, your Twitter, everything? All right. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And dude, I'm so happy you brought up arcades too, because I feel like arcades need to make a comeback in general, dude. There's a lot yes. of games that we miss out on and a lot of experiences that we miss out on uh, from from the lack of arcades being local, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. it, to me, arcades uh, fall in the same category as comic book shops. Like they're just exactly. a place to meet and hang out with people that have the same interests and you'll discover new things that you're into uh, and new friends. So yeah, definitely. I, I, I back you hundred percent on that. And uh, as far as like the podcast, man, uh, you can check out wonder soul every week uh, on Apple podcasts and Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, I have recently over the last four to five weeks, I uh, started to do these uh, podcast episodes live on the Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash Wondersoul. Uh, so we do that. Uh, try to do those on Wednesday night, uh, once a week. Uh, so if we're not doing the podcast on Twitch and we are live on Twitch uh, right now, playing some NCAA, uh, uh, doing some of that, and also uh, playing some Pokemon Fire Red, Nuzlocke, and some other random classics and stuff like that try to keep the variety going there um uh so you can find uh wonder soul on twitch there and on apple podcast spotify like i said and on twitter uh at wonder soul w-n-d-r-s-o-u-l and that's about it man thank you for having me on the show dude i really appreciate it. this has been a nostalgic hit like no yeah. other thank you well i appreciate you hanging out with us too man uh and uh, we look forward to seeing more from you uh, that's it for us this week, guys. We'll see you guys. Actually, on Friday, we have the Industry Inside. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at Ubisoft. We're going to get our Ubisoft episode here. So we'll see you guys throughout the week. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.